Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 74, Invalidating Feelings, Yours or Others. It's November 10th, 2022. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and podcaster. I also happen to be a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is very difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way, and my music is by Howie Moscovich. Invalidating feelings, yours or others. Wow. Well, this is a very interesting topic, in my opinion, and extremely valuable, as in like extremely valuable. So what's interesting to me is that despite the fact that this topic, invalidating feelings, is listed as uh, theorized in importance, it has garnered little attention in the research, which I found quite quite frankly, surprising. But this is something that we all do, and some people do it more than others, and it's one of those things that people kind of aren't awake and aware to. And it's not always necessarily done in a bad or malicious or, you know, negative way. So what I want you to do is just listen to this podcast with an open mind, Don't beat yourself up. This is kind of what we do in society. It's what we do in the world. And the power for you to have this amazing and rich and wonderful life is to become, you know, highly self-aware and aware of, of how your life is and how it goes. And by the way, this topic, Invalidating Feelings, could be the source or one of the reasons if you have low self-esteem or you've been struggling with depression or anxiety, or unhappiness, or rumination, or a lot of things. So I'm inviting you to just explore this topic. Just listen to it with an open mind and go, hmm, isn't that interesting? So what am I going to cover today? Well, today I'm going to cover what exactly I mean by invalidating feelings. I'm just going to give a quick nanosecond mention of the theory, because there's not a lot of research on the topic. I am going to give you 10 reasons why people do that. I'm going to discuss the role of low self-esteem, emotional bandwidth, and cognitive distortions relative to this topic. I'm going to make a special mention of significance for parents, teachers, coaches, and anyone who deals with children or young people. I'm going to give you a powerful way to move through life with this happening. I mean, ideally you'd get it to end, but that's probably not likely. And then I'm going to wrap it up with some suggestions on how you can kind of be powerful in life while this is going on. I'm going to give you some takeaways and a call to action. So if you're new to my content, I hope you're going to visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway. I actually have two giveaways going on right now. One's going to end in December but uh, the other one will continue on. So you could win some cool stuff. Now, 
The next piece is my disclaimer, which is very important. So I am not a medical or health professional in any capacity, and you, as a consumer of whatever background you have, you should be getting your medical or therapy advice from a licensed healthcare provider, of which I'm not. So none of my content is intended to be medical or therapy advice. The next piece I really have to mention is if you're hopeless, if you're feeling suicidal, if you feel like you can't go on, I am asking you to interrupt that by calling the National Prevention National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. I am asking you to tell people. I am asking you to talk about it. I'm, I'm asking you to post it on social media or do whatever it takes. I promise you that there is help available. It just might not come from the people who you'd like it to come from. But take the help because it's there. All right, so what do I mean by invalidating feelings? Well, even though there's not that much research, what I did find was this definition in the research that the invalidating feelings is any social exchange during which an individual's expressed emotions or experience are met with a response from someone else that is perceived as implying that their emotions or their experience is somehow incorrect or wrong. So I want to give you some examples and as you listen to these examples I think you're going to get the sense that this is pervasive. This is every day. This is every day all the time for the most part. So here's some things that I know I've I know I've said some of these things in the past. Okay, I'm not proud of that, but listen, you know I'm human. I make mistakes, you know, and we learn as we go. Hopefully, we're works in progress. So I'm not ashamed or embarrassed to say, yeah, I've said these things to people. All right, so don't be that way. Like don't be that way, or don't be like that. Don't be like that. You shouldn't feel that way. You are wrong to feel like that. You are being ridiculous. Only an idiot would be upset about that. You are crazy for feeling that way. Get over it. Everyone else, everyone else is happy, so you should be too. Give me a break. You are just being stupid. You are overreacting. You are too sensitive. You are making things up that didn't happen. Nobody else feels that way. I am not going to talk to you about this. It could be worse. Get over yourself. You should be grateful. Stop whining. Stop complaining. What is wrong with you? So I think you can hear from those statements that this happens all the time. Like we don't even acknowledge that we're invalidating feelings because it's kind of like the ocean we're all in. You know, so in the invalidation, now this could be happening to you where your feelings are being invalidated, and it could be happening where you're invalidating other people's feelings. Now, 
while this isn't a good thing, as I move through the podcast content, I think you're going to get a sense of, you know, why this happens and the whole, the whole context for it. So there's an element of your feelings are being dismissed or they're being demeaned or they're being belittled or condemned or judged or criticized. So that's kind of the, the elements that's like the flavor of it. And we actually do this in society to entire groups of people for their beliefs or their practices or their ways of thinking or how they live life. So this is a very common, this is pervasive and it contributes to problems that we have, including suicide, by the way. So in this podcast, I'm addressing the invalidations invalidation of feelings. Now that could be you having your feelings invalidated, or it could be you invalidating the feelings of other people in your life. What I'm not addressing in this podcast is what's called self-invalidation, and that's where you're invalidating yourself for how you feel or what you think. That's a whole nother can of worms, and we're not going down that rabbit hole today. Um, so there's a difference between having your feelings or experiences invalidating, invalidated and someone not sharing the same feelings or experience that you have. And sometimes for some people, if they don't share your feelings or they don't share the experience that you had, sometimes... <clears throat> They're, they're just going to invalidate you. And I'm going to talk about that because what some people do is some people feel like if you don't agree with their feelings or you don't agree with their experience, then you're not listening to them. So they don't feel heard. That's a, I think that's a cognitive distortion, although I'm not exactly sure. It's definitely a problem. It's definitely not rational, but so, you know, there are, plenty of cognitive distortions and if someone has a cognitive distortion they're not thinking rationally because a cognitive distortion is a flawed view of life it's a flawed perspective so oftentimes people are walking around in life and they're invalidating the feelings of the people in their life or their co-workers or their neighbors or whoever and it's not like malicious because they have a cognitive distortion. Now there is a malicious and intentional form of invalidating someone's feelings and that would be a, that's a tactic that abusers and predators and manipulators and narcissists use. You know, gaslighting or separate from gaslighting. So that is malicious and intentional, but not everyone invalidates someone's feelings to be mean or to be cruel or to because they're an abuser or a predator or a manipulator. Some people actually have a good intention. So for example, let's say something bad happened to your coworker or your neighbor or someone in your family or your friend or whoever. And so they're sad or they're grieving. And sometimes people will say, oh, don't feel sad or, you know, oh, don't be sad. 
they don't mean necessarily don't feel sad or don't be sad. What they're really communicating is, oh, it's painful for me to see you feeling sad or feeling bad or going through grief or suffering. So sometimes <clears throat> when people say that, they're not trying to invalidate your feelings. They're trying actually to be supportive, but they just really don't have the skills to do anything. And we're not walking around in society talking about how we, how, how common it is to invalidate somebody's feelings. We, we are not talking about this. But if we want to interrupt the suicide rate and help people be happier and help people deal with their depression and anxiety and all of our societal issues, this is one thing that we have to have on the table. So that's why we're talking about it. So uh, we all do it. And, you know, hopefully when you wake up to the fact that this is a thing, hopefully then you're going to catch yourself and hopefully you're going to let people know, hey, I just realized I do this thing. So if I do that to you, call me out on it. And if you do it to me, I'm going to call you out on it because that would really make a difference. So I want to mention in a nanosecond the theory it will take a nanosecond because there's just not that much. But so despite the fact that this has garnered little attention, it is theorized to be ex extremely significant in the way that it can contribute to its theorized. So this is a theory. It's theorized. This invalidation of feelings is theorized to contribute to borderline personality disorder, chronic pain, eating disorders, rheumatic diseases, and serious mental illness. So that's a pretty significant list. And even given that it's theorized, this is not something that there's just a lot of research on. So one research piece, though, I did found is that uh, emotional invalidation is theoretically and empirically, empirically meaning by observation, to be associated with mental health and physical health problems. So this is something that <clears throat> over the next coming years and decades, hopefully there'll be more research in, but I don't think, I don't know how much research we really need to do because it doesn't feel good to be told your feelings are wrong. You know that it doesn't feel good. You know that it doesn't make you happy. And your feelings are your feelings. You are entitled to feel however you feel about an experience because that's how you feel. There's, there's no right or wrong to feelings. Now, sometimes people's feelings are kind of disproportionate or over the top, and that might be because they have paranoia or they have a cognitive distortion or some other thing going on. But Anyway, let's talk about for a moment, why do people do this? Well, we do it as a culture, we do it as society, because we haven't distinguished that's what we're doing. It is what we're doing, and we're doing it to individuals, we're doing it to groups of people, we're doing it all over the place, and it's not good. So one reason people do it is because this is just how they've grown up in life, so they're just, you know, starting in childhood, it's just they don't know anything else, it's all they know. Another reason is they have low self-esteem and they can't deal with the emotions or experiences of other people, meaning they have low emotional abilities. They could be in the midst of a trauma 
or in an abusive relationship or dealing with a major life challenge which would leave them predictably with lower emotional bandwidth and they just they just can't deal with it because their emotional bandwidth is low right now another reason is their uh, emotions or experiences in question like you know the emotions or experiences in question are simply not emotions that they are equipped to deal with or acknowledge so they deny them sometimes people have you know such limited anger issues or limited abilities to deal with pain they just have to shut down and shut off because they can't deal with that now I did already mention but abusers manipulators and predators use invalidation as a technique to actually have you feel bad so it's intentional so that's another reason now I already mentioned a cognitive distortion but that's one reason why some people invalidate the feelings of others because they're not rational and their thinking isn't rational so cognitive distortions could be a play now it could also be that they can't be with their role in your emotions so if they contributed if you're saying well you hurt me or you you know you made me really sad you know they might not be able to deal with the impact of their behavior or the impact of their treatment of you they might be ashamed or embarrassed and they just can't deal with that because of their own stuff so there's another reason they could have a mental health issue which would give them limited capacities and that's not limited to being a sociopath or a psychopath or a narcissist there's a whole bunch of things that fall into that and they might just be ashamed or embarrassed and we don't have or they might have too much ego or pride to be able to acknowledge what you're saying or your experience so there's there's actually a lot of reasons why people do that including the fact that you know they 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 don't want you to feel sad so they might not be saying well don't be sad but that's what they say so there's a whole bunch of reasons including you know more than that but that gives you the general idea so what's really kind of the underpinnings of invalidating feelings and what like what's in the the swirl of that or the or the storm of that well one of them is low self-esteem so low self-esteem is common it's reported to affect or impact 85 percent of the population which makes it an epidemic and oftentimes people develop low self-esteem when they're young because of a dysfunctional family so if you're in if your feelings were invalidated as a child or a young adult then of course you're not going to feel good about yourself cuz that you know that just there's nothing good about having your feelings invalidated which also means there's nothing good for you to invalidate the feelings of others but low people with low self-esteem that's a lens that you're looking through life low self-esteem colors everything in your life which is why it's a good thing to just hop on that train and deal with it because not only will you feel better <clears throat> there's lots of advantages but 
you know, low self-esteem makes people more prone to being hurt, you know, in comparison with someone with high self-esteem. So low self-esteem in the invalidation of others is sometimes or often, depending, you know, at play. So it's a good thing to deal with, but it's also kind of one of the factors. So another thing, you know, is low emotional abilities. When someone has low emotional abilities, it often happens that they can't deal with other people's emotions. So if they have no anger skills or, or low anger capacity or, or low anger skills, you know, they, they can't admit to their own anger. They can't, they can't allow your anger. They can't even allow their own anger. And this is common in sadness and grief and suffering. If you have a painful trauma or painful life challenge, some people are going to have to disappear from your life because they just don't have the emotional abilities themselves to deal with that. So they have to like part with you. And that's also the source sometimes when people say, oh, don't be sad or, oh, don't be upset or, oh, don't be angry or, you know. So low emotional abilities is in this world. Another thing that's in this world from time to time is what I call, what's called, you know, decreased emotional bandwidth. Now, I just did a podcast about emotional bandwidth because this is another topic we're not talking about in society, but we should. Like, really, it's so helpful. It's so helpful and powerful and makes your life so much easier to understand these things and be able to recognize in your own life or in the life of someone you love or care about, you know, this whole idea of emotional bandwidth. So there are things that will, you know, increase your emotional bandwidth and there are things that will decrease it. So stress, life challenges, death, divorce, all the hardships in life typically take you down in the bandwidth. So you just don't have as much capacity because you're dealing with, difficulties, pain, suffering, loss, what have you, and the good things increase it. Well, when someone's going through a difficult period or a life challenge or trauma or whatnot, they're just not going to have the same level of emotional bandwidth that they would have if they weren't in a trauma or they weren't dealing with a hardship or a loss or a death or what have you. And when someone has a lowered emotional bandwidth, they just can't deal with everything else on top of their life. So that can be a source for invalidating the feelings of others. They might not mean that on intention, but they just don't have the capacity. So that's really helpful to know. And it's also in the swirl. Now, I already mentioned cognitive distortions, but this is worth a little bit, a few more points about cognitive distortions. Because number one, they're very common. Number two, most people don't know what they are, even though they probably or very likely might have one or more. So it's worth a mention. Because once you, if you have a cognitive distortion, so I have a whole podcast on cognitive distortions, which will be very helpful because I think I list something like, I don't know, 17 or 19, a lot. There's a lot of cognitive distortions. I did see a list once in the research, like there's so many, and I'm not really clear that the research has delineated 
with some precision the total number of cognitive distortions. But that podcast is going to help you. So what a cognitive distortion is, is it's a flawed or, or skewed way of thinking. It's irrational thinking. So you can see how this might come into play. Here's someone who has a cognitive distortion. We'll pick one. We'll pick the one called I'm Always Right because that's common. You know people who are always right, right? They have to always be right. That's a cognitive distortion. I'm not saying they have it, but probably. And so their filter through life is I'm always right. That's their filter. That's the lens they look through. So if your feelings are a mismatch for what they think they should be, that's a problem. And they're probably going to invalidate your feelings. Now, emotional reasoners, that's another cognitive distortion, very common, by the way. Emotional reasoners use emotions as logic. They use emotions to reason with instead of facts. So that's never going to go well if their emotions and their way they predict and the way they, they you know, reason, then if your emotions don't line up with theirs or your experience doesn't line up with theirs, it's extremely likely they're going to invalidate your experience or your feelings because they're emotional reasoners. They don't even know they're emotional reasoners. Um, so this is a really helpful phenomenon to understand because A, it can help you have compassion. B, it can really help you not take things so hard. I mean, it's it doesn't feel good to have your emotions invalidated or your experience in life invalidated. That just doesn't feel good. It's unpleasant. It's painful. There's nothing nice about it. But once you understand and you start to get a little more psychology under your belt, that can be really helpful and powerful. So I do have a I do have a podcast on basic psychology, which I think that everyone really should know because it's so helpful. It's re- it's freeing and powerful. And life is hard. We all know life is bitterly hard. So why not have some knowledge? Why not have some skills? Why not have some habits and practices that make life easier? Well, I don't know because you want to go through life and have it be harder. No. You don't want to go through life and have life be harder than it already is because it's pretty hard. And if it hasn't been hard for you, I say woohoo for you. I'm very happy for you. Like really. All right. So if you and if you're listening to this podcast and you're like, hmm, do I have a cognitive distortion? Well, you can go listen to my podcast on that. You can certainly look it up on the web. But you're not stuck with that. You're not stuck with anything in life because we know from neuroplasticity of the brain that you can create new neuronal pathways in your brain. You can rewire your brain through intentional actions over time. So if you have a cognitive distortion, Please don't obsess or stress about it, but go learn about it and then take the intentional actions so you can heal from that because you don't want to walk around in life with irrational thinking. It's not how it's not helping you. I'm just going to tell you. Now, the next thing I have is I want to make a mention of the significance to the, of this to parents, to teachers, to coaches, to school administrators, and to everyone who has a child or young person in their life. So, like, seriously, even though this subject has garnered little significance in the research, like 
quote-unquote theorized importance, I'm going to tell you that we have a, an epidemic of low self-esteem. And I hope you're kind of getting the feeling like you have a little child or you when you were a little child and somebody did something mean or cruel or hurtful and then you were upset and you're told, no, don't be upset. No, you shouldn't feel that way, blah, blah, blah. Can you see that that would make a child feel like unimportant and not loved and not valued and then be filled with self-doubt and develop, you know, worry and anxiety because they feel how they feel, but they're being told that they're wrong. So this is something, if we want to interrupt the suicide rate and we want to help people avoid addictions and, and serious problems, this is something we need to bring to the forefront. Like, I hope, I just hope you can see that. It's just so logical to me that, of course, you know, a child would grow up with feeling unimportant and insignificant and they don't matter if their feelings don't matter. It's certainly not going to make them feel loved. So we need to really interrupt this. So if you have a role, if you're a parent or an aunt or uncle, or grandparent or teacher or coach or whatever, you have a role, like, like start having this conversation with the young people and cop to it. Say, hey, I've done this. I, hey, I do this. And when I do this, I want you to, 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 you know, call me out on it. I need you to be leaders. If you've got young people like, I need you to be on my team and be a leader for this because it matters. You can't, like, just raise money for suicide and addictions and all of these problems we have in society and then do nothing else when you really could. This is the one, one of the many things you could do to change a child's life or a teen's life or a college student's life or a young person's life. So if you're doing it, stop doing it. And if it's being done to you, I'm going to get, I'm going to give you some, something to say in, in that case. But I'm, I'm calling you out as, as human beings to be on my team so we can interrupt this because we need to interrupt it. All right. So, because you can, like you can. No, I mean, unless your ego and pride are too big and you can't admit that this is something you do, then you need to get over yourself. Like, Everybody does this. We do this as a society. I've done it. I've had it done to me. And I have a commitment not to do that. I'm not like proud. Oh, yes, I've invalidated my children's feelings in the past or what happened. No, but you know what? I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. And what makes, you know, people lovable is being authentic and real and saying, you know what? I, I, I'm sure I did that. That was probably very hurtful and I'm sorry. So be on my team. So I want to give you, before I get into some suggestions on, on what to do, if this is happening to you, or if you do it, I want to give you a powerful way to deal with this problem. So if you're doing it, just knock it off. Like you have to become awake and aware to what you actually say to people. You have to become, you know, self-aware to how are you impacting other people. How is your behavior? How is your statements? Like, how are you? How is it for other people to have you in their life? Well, for some of you, it's like amazing to have you in your life. And for other others of you, it's like you're the biggest pain in the neck. Like you're a huge pain in the neck because you're not nice or because you're like so self-loathing that it's painful. 
So deal with yourself. But here's a powerful way. If some, if you're, so if you're doing it, stop it. But if you're in a situation, which many people are, where your feelings and your experience of life are being invalidated, then one really powerful way to deal with that is to be up to something. Because let me tell you, there are people listening to this podcast or who will listen to it who are in a very abusive and potentially dangerous relationship. And so it is extremely likely, you know, almost 100% predictable that their feelings are being invalidated every day, all the time as well as their experiences, because that's what abusers do. So that's not something until they can escape that relationship or marriage or situation. That's not something they're going to be able to impact or change probably ever. So if you're in a situation, and it could be your family of origin, it could be coworkers, there's lots of areas where people kind of get, you know, stuck in a situation. They can't just up and like change their family. Their family is who they were born in, you know, like their family is their family, or they might not just be able to like change jobs. So it's powerful to have tools when you can't impact this. So one of the ways to really be powerful when this is happening to you is to be up to something, like to set goals and have something that you are inspired by, that brings you hope, that keeps your focus on something else. Hopefully, because you're going to set it up, it's going to be something that makes you happy. I mean, that's what I recommend. And that, you know, you engage in self-care like Really, if your feelings, if you're in a situation where your feelings are being invalidated, either every day or all the time or once a week or however often, this conversation right now, right here is for you. You need to start boosting your self-care, like pronto immediately. Start doing things that make you happy. Because here's the thing. If you're in an abusive relationship or your coworkers at work have this, this is how they are or your family or whoever, you know, you're not going to change other people. You can only change yourself and you can only change your reaction to other people and you can only change your focus. Like you can change yourself, what you're working on. And when you are up to something, you can actually I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> I meant to tell you, this is, I have an upcoming podcast called Creating Your Life, and I'm a diehard fan of that because it's fun, it's amazing, and it really kind of like sheds the minutiae off of life. Like people's comments and people's statements and blah, blah, blah just don't have the same impact when you're up to something that you've chosen. It doesn't have to be something huge, but do make it good. Make it something that you want. This is a powerful tool. I mean, and maybe you're not, okay, it's a powerful tool even if you're not having your feelings invalidated. It's a very powerful tool, period. But in particular, if you're in the boat where your feelings or your experience of life is being invalidated on a whatever frequency basis, like it's powerful. 
So be up to something. And by the way, if you do that, you know, you would be taking advantage of what's called post-traumatic growth. So you've got a difficult situation called your feelings are being invalidated or your experience of life is being invalidated on a whatever frequency basis. And so that's painful. It's just painful. So if you take advantage of post-traumatic growth, then you're going to start making yourself better and become a better version of yourself and be up to something and have life be richer and more rewarding, which is what post-traumatic growth means. Now, before I learned that term, back in the day, I used to call it using emotional pain to your advantage. Because why would you not want to use emotional pain to your advantage? I mean, pain is pain and pain is painful. So if you can get some goodies out of a painful situation, doesn't that sound better? Well, to me, it's better because you at least got some little benefits out of it. So if you are in the boat where your feelings or experience of life from whomever are being invalidated, then it would be extremely helpful and powerful for you to start getting in the driver's seat of your own life and be up to something. And you can do that if your circumstances are, are horrendous. You can do that even if you're in the midst of a big trauma or multiple traumas. So be up to something and be up to something that's good and that makes you happy. So there you have it. So I'm going to give you some last kind of suggestions for this problematic situation of having your feelings invalidated either way. So number one, make a commitment that you're not going to do this behavior. You're not going to engage in it. You're going to catch yourself. I highly recommend you talk to people about it and say, hey, guess what? I just learned that I invalidate other people's feelings and I allow mine to be invalidated. Like you, you could have it be like this, like, you know, discovery. That's, that's amazing. Instead of like, Oh yeah, something else is wrong with me. Don't go there. Be excited. Number two, learn assertiveness. Assertiveness is extremely helpful. Now assertiveness, by the way, is not being aggressive. Even though I read that in one dictionary definition, I'm like, oh, rolling my eyes. You know, when you're assertive, you are careful and thoughtful and empathetic to the needs and desires and wishes of others as well as your own. So it's not a one-sided thing when you're assertive. And assertiveness can help people who have low self-esteem, which we already know is 85% of the population. So learning assertiveness will help you in so many ways. My third recommendation is that you be able to say to someone, of course, if it's at work, you, you know, you have to be a little careful about your employment or work situations. But I would recommend saying, like, are you invalidating my feelings? It feels like you're invalidating my feelings or it seems like you're invalidating feelings. And guess what? My feelings are my feelings and I'm entitled to feel however I feel about whatever, X, Y, or Z. And you can disagree with my feelings, but they're my feelings. Or you don't have to agree with my experience of that situation or my experience of this, that, or the next thing. But I'm entitled to have my feelings about that experience. That would be amazing. That would be assertive because you're not demeaning, belittling, 
or, you know, dismissing someone else, you're just stating for the record, it feels like you're invalidating my feelings. Are you doing that? Because, you know, I'm entitled to my feelings. So the other thing is, is to wake up. Self-awareness is amazing. It's like the springboard for emotional intelligence. It's the springboard for changing your life. You, know, you really want to get the impact you have on other people. And, and self-awareness, becoming awake and aware, is really helpful. And in this topic, in validating feelings, I certainly hope you want to catch yourself. I mean, do you really want to be mean to other people? Well, I don't think so. I mean, some people do because they're just not well. Like That's just not mentally well if you want, you know, evil, bad things for other people. All right. So, like, I, I've let people know that I do this, and I've let people know I have a commitment not to do it. And I'm awake and aware to that. That doesn't mean I won't do it in the future. I'm sure I will, because I'm human. You know, it's like a lot of things. But I'm not beating myself up about it because I'm human. I'm at work on myself and doing the best I can. And I tamed my inner critic. So the next suggestion is to get on the path for growth and development because it is amazing. Life is hard. We know that. Life can be bitterly hard. Maybe you don't know that, but I know how bitterly, unbelievably hard life can be. And growth and development, it's like its like having power tools to build a house versus someone who has no skid lift, no power tools, no nothing. Like, of course it would be easier to build a house with power tools and a, you know, caterpillar equipment like would you want to dig the foundation by hand no you would not so growth and development gives you like the power tools for life and by the way growth and development is the access to love happiness and all the good stuff I would also suggest that you make happiness a priority. Happiness is very addictive. It's wonderful. Everybody wants to be happy. It's just some people, you know, would have to change the way they think or things they do to be happy. So make happiness a priority because that will help you feel better. I would also suggest that you bump up and boost your self-care. If we look around at society today, we can just look and see people don't look well. They don't look well, they're not feeling well, they have health problems, they are unhappy. It doesn't take much to just look at people and say, they don't look well. They certainly don't look happy. Now, is that indicative of their life? Well, it could be. I mean, it certainly seems like it could be. So start taking care of yourself and make it enjoyable. Make it fun. I mean, I do self-care every day and I enjoy it because I'm a happiness person. <laughs> I like to do what makes me happy because I have enough things I can't control my life, like my feelings being invalidated, that I'm going to do everything to be happy in every way, in every capacity, in every area. And self-care is one of them. The next thing I recommend, which is taming your inner critic, 
It's also called Building Self-Compassion. I do have a podcast on self-care and self-compassion. And in that podcast, I talk about my journey to taming my inner critic. I had a very nasty inner critic. And it's so freeing to have it quiet because my inner critic is mostly silent. Every once in a blue moon, it'll rear its head, and then I just tell it where to go and kind of chuckle. So tame your inner critic because it'll feel better, and it's really wonderful. The next thing I recommend is to start setting some goals and take action. We know from the research that setting goals, now they don't have to be big goals, people. They can be small goals. It's whatever you decide. But we know from the research that setting goals and taking action on those goals will help you be happier. Well, we know that. But guess what? Setting goals and taking action on those goals and keep and and repeatedly doing that also helps to build self-esteem and build self-confidence, which is wonderful. Next, I recommend you have a reward system. I know you're probably rolling your eyes and going, oh my God, who does that? Well, I've done that forever. And the people I coach and work with do that and have done it forever because it's fun. Gamers in the gaming industry, they do it. That's called leveling up. They get perks and rewards for moving, for taking actions in the game. Businesses have even started leveling up. There's no reason you shouldn't have a reward system for doing different things in your life. Now, I have a whole Newsweek article on that. I also have a podcast on motivation, which talks about a reward system. I have a YouTube video. But yeah, get a reward system and make it wildly fun. I mean, I, I just... I just love them, and the people I work with, they love them, too, because they're doing things to make their life better and getting rewarded. That'll help keep you in the game. All right. Next, I recommend that you embrace your imperfections. This is, again, not something that people do. We're not walking around talking about it. Well, with the population in the world, 85% of them, 85% of people have low self-esteem. There seems to be no controversy about that statistic. And, and so if you're feeling bad about yourself, are you embracing and loving your imperfections? No, you're not. You're trying to hide them. You're trying to pretend you don't have them or you're feeling bad about them or you're ruminating over them or brooding or, you know, beating yourself up. No, go on the journey to embrace your imperfections because it's going to help you with low self-esteem. It's going to help you feel better. It's a way more attractive trait. And by the way, spoiler alert on my podcast on love your imperfections. Most people know what your imperfections are, even if you don't know what yours are. Like they're not as hidden as you might think. My next suggestion is you start noticing your emotional bandwidth and then take steps to safeguard it because it's really helpful in life. You want to have more energy. You want to have more happiness. You want to feel better. Well, having more emotional bandwidth helps you with that. So my podcast on emotional bandwidth will help you, but you want to start becoming awake and aware like, oh, I am not unlimited in my energy, nor are you unlimited in your emotional bandwidth, by the way. And there are things you can do to protect it, to nurture it, and to build it. 
So the last thing on my suggestion is that you counterbalance the negativity if you're having your feelings invalidated or your experience of life invalidated, that you counterbalance that by being up to something. Because you can actually counterbalance negative people, negative situations, negative environments, you can actually counterbalance that. Now it takes usually takes quite a bit, but you can do that. So counterbalance the negativity by being up to something, doing things that make you happy, put your focus on other things, setting goals and everything I've mentioned, because that will go a long way. So here's my takeaways. It's time to recognize that invalidating, invalidating someone's feelings or experience in life is common and pervasive in everyday life, in society, and we do it all the time, all over the place. And it's time to take a stand if you're having your feelings or experience in life invalidated. It's time for you to take a stand and say something. Now, you might not be able to say something, so you might just have to counterbalance it till you can, you know, get out of it. But counterbalance it if you can't say something. And my last takeaway is it's time to take people with with you and go on an amazing and rich journey to have life be remarkable instead of, uh, you know, painful. Like you could have life be remarkable, beautiful, and amazing even when you're dealing with traumas. Trust me, you can. So I'd my call to action is it's time to share this podcast. It's time to get people with you. It's time to start saying, wow, I just learned today that I invalidate people's feelings. And guess what? That's all I've ever known. And I have a commitment to not do that anymore. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, what would be amazing is if we as a society started to do that and, and helped young people. So I have a commitment to alter the suicide rate in the world And this is one really, really important place to start. So I hope you're going to join me. That's it. Take it easy. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast. Episode number 74, Invalidating Feelings, Yours or Others. I hope you're going to start catching yourself if you do that, and I hope you're going to start calling people out if they're doing that to you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically, and please connect with me at my website at www.lisaalundy.com to enter my giveaway and win some cool stuff. I love you. I appreciate you. Hang in there for now.